All right, y'all. It's Al Lover back with another episode of the Elevated Transmissions podcast. Brought to you by Levitation. How many of y'all are excited for Levitation? It's going to be sick. 2018. Hope to see y'all there. Austin, Texas. April. 27th, 28th, 29th. Uh, we're going to take over the Red River District and get book. So I hope y'all are there to join us. It'll be a great time. And um, hope to see your lovely faces there. So this episode uh, of the Elevated Transmissions podcast trying to work on my branding, y'all, so bear with me, is with uh, Dustin Zoziah from the band Holy Wave. He also has a new project with his wife, Lisa, from Sweden, and that is called Routine Death. And uh, we're going to give you all a little sample of what they've been working on here after the intro for the interview with a track called Life Inside a Vacuum. Uh, it's really cool. Kind of dark wave vibe, diff- way different than the holy wave stuff. So that's always refreshing to hear um, someone from a project that has a pretty distinct sound uh, move on and do something unique and and fresh. Um, you know, moving forward and and uh, you know just trying out trying out some new stuff because I mean that's what all the this whole genre, if you want to put it the music that is kind of categorized in the psychedelic uh, framework is it's all about experimentation, right? So um, that's what we should be doing. We should be trying new things and pushing the boundaries and and uh, exploring. I mean, uh, that's, that's what I try to do anyways, and that's my kind of musical philosophy. So I always like to see uh, when other people are kind of um, doing that as well. It's, it's fun, it's fresh, um, and it keeps things interesting. So, yeah, Dustin and I, uh, we got together a while back, had some red wine, and uh, just chatted, you know, we talked about some some pretty interesting stuff. Uh, this, actual, this, this interview is actually, I think, going to lead the podcast in a new direction for the upcoming year. So, 2018, I think what I want to do, and what we did on this podcast, is just talk. Um, still going to have a playlist of uh, songs from the artists that is going to be included, I think on the, you know, on the SoundCloud page and on the, um, and on the iTunes thing, we're going to have a link, uh, that you can link to a Spotify playlist, uh, of the artist picks, but I really enjoy just the free form, just talking, you know, uh, um, before we were kind of breaking up the conversation using the music as a springboard for conversation and um you know i think i'm getting comfortable enough to actually kind of take off those uh training wheels because that was kind of a, a way to to kind of get the conversation to flow and get myself used to um you know having these conversations with people some people that i know well some people that i don't know well some people that are just acquaintances but I feel like it's fun to just have the conversation go, you know, and not stop it. Because sometimes, you know, you get a momentum and then, oh, wait, we got to make a music break and blah, blah, blah. Got to stick to the format. 
you know, I, don't, I think it might take away from it. So I really enjoyed this conversation. We didn't stop for a music break once and and i really was stoked on how it turned out so i think moving forward we're gonna just do that you know if you want to listen to the tunes that um the artist or whoever is on here picks out to listen to then you know there's a link for the spotify if you just want to listen to us talk shit goof off and uh you know be fake philosophers then you can do that too so whatever you feel comfortable with you will have both options um but uh, for the fans of the conversation, you won't be stopped by the music selections. And for the fans of the music, you don't have to listen to us uh, talk shit. So I hope that everyone enjoys that. Uh, also, it's uh, you know I'm experimenting with the with uh, with Spotify. You know I want to kind of get more involved in that, make more playlists, make, be more interactive with that format because I think it's a really cool thing. Even though I know they ain't paying motherfuckers shit, I think it's a cool platform. Um, and I don't make any money from music anyway, so I don't really care. Um, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. So I'm going to stop with my long intro rant and we're going to get into this track by Routine Death, Life Inside a Vacuum. And that will lead into my conversation with Dustin Zosiah of Holy Wave and Routine Death. And I hope y'all enjoy. All right. Peace.
Dustin, Zoziah, Jebediah. Justin. Justin. You made me say Justin. Oh, because mm. I said Jebediah? Yeah. Dustin, do you know who you are, bro? Do you really? Truly? I did until I got here. This house tends I was to so confuse people, walking, bro. I was, dude, I was so strong walking down 11th Street. You like, had conviction? I had so much conviction. I was like, <laughs> I had my headphones and I was like, first I was like, you know what? Maybe Al could pick me up. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to walk all the way from the bus stop. Get the that's blood flowing. Look. Yeah, that's you good. You get mean? the fucking thoughts going and shit. Yeah. yeah. And then you gave me the wine and <laughs> I was and the weed and I was gone immediately. He stepped through the he- threshold. Justin. Yeah. It's a. Uh, I think it's his house. I yeah. think it might hold some crazy energy. I think the pro- the thing is is I've had held some pretty crazy energy in this house, and that might be what it is. It comes back. I, you know, I was, I was more joking about the house because <laughs> it like, I want to blame the house for me. Well, I mean, like we just were blaming like Austin for a second spiraling. ago. So yeah. Well, it's not that, that's not that weird for us. Yeah. But when does it come down to the point where you're like, I am the individual making my own decisions and like, well, when they're good decisions, cause it, that's when it comes down to it. Super easy for everybody. I mean, I'm joking, but that's seriously what happens well good decisions aren't easy though because like like if if good decisions were easy then we wouldn't have been sitting here <laughs> talking <laughs> for 20 minutes about how we like are trying to chill on s- alcohol and drugs <laughs> <laughs> you know, good decisions are hard i think the bad decisions are the easy ones i think about it like this so if it like in in uh some kind of whatever like uh dualistic relative terms right so it's easier to roll down a hill because of gravity or fall off something because of gravity than it is to climb up something and actually like fucking stretch your muscles and like actually be act you know what i'm saying in a physical sense and i feel like on a macro level on a spiritual or uh you know metaphysical level it's kind of the same principle maybe it's easy to make those decisions that make you f- kind of fall towards a well, I think part, no, well, I mean, it makes sense in the physical way that you were talking about it, but I think when it becomes the metaphysical part of it, that's when it becomes less clear if you're climbing a mountain or if you're falling down a hill. I, I feel know like that that's like I know that that's me. an easy w- route to go, but it's serious though. Like, who said that it wasn't a good decision to have this glass of wine? I feel extra classy. No, no, no. I, and, and, and I get you. I get you. I, I understand that. And but I, I think that for me personally, and I'm pretty critical of myself, you know what I'm saying? Like, which I think it's good to be. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't be too easy on yourself because then you just you fucking fade into nothing. You know, you're like, oh, fuck it. It's all good. It's yeah. not all good. Um, But I guess what I'm saying for me personally I'm kind of stoned right now, so uh, forgive me. I just lost my train of thought. You you are hard on yourself. That's yes. what you're saying. You're and hard I on think, yourself. And I think I know when I'm making a decision that is not propelling me into like the trajectory of life that I really want for myself – I know it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, there, there is, absolutely. I mean, that is like, that's the con your conscience, you know, it's being like, bro, really? Do you really? And you know, that doesn't, uh, involve like every moment of this, like, Oh yeah, I'm trying not to drink. I have some wine with the homie. And we'll have a casual conversation, you know? Right. I think yeah. that's, that's different. No, you're right. Like I mean, I would have felt way, way less like in tune with myself 
if I would have stayed home and just like drank wine and watched like Ramon's videos or some shit. Is that what you've been up to lately? <laughs> that's what I did on my wedding night. So that's my go-to. For <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the wedding night never goes the way that you're, it's supposed to. It. I mean, not, I've only had it once, but this is what I hear from everybody else. <laughs> from my multiple experiences. <laughs> yeah, from my one time, I can tell you the way it always is. Well, I mean, for but you, anyway, that's we, we went on a tangent. I would have felt less. But this is all about tangents, so yeah, it's I guess all that's good. true. Yeah. I would have felt less. Keep good the about mic myself. close to your face, though. Sorry. Yeah. How many times do you have to say that? Every time. Most times, a couple times. Yeah. And then at, at some point, I kind of started just being like, eh, whatever. Sixty percent of the time, every time. Yes, sixty percent of the time, it works every time. <laughs> um, it's amazing how many times I can say that in my life. I, I can't. I won't get tired of that joke. Like, no, that's what I mean. It's so relevant. You could say that about everything. What was it? The Sex Panther on uh that's what where Joe yes. Paul Rudd or whatever. Is it called Sex Panther? Is that what the, the That was the, the brand cologne? of the cologne, yeah. yeah. And they had the little sound effect, I think, <laughs> yeah, in the every background. Time. When it did. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite line of that movie, I think. Oh yeah. Anchorman is what we're talking about for those everybody, people who didn't know. Everybody in Holy Wave is gonna be like he already said sixty percent of the time, every time. It's been like four minutes. I can't believe he was able to work that in already. <laughs> they, they just they just know that like, that's know. that is yeah. Play I, I if I do that on Words with Friends, there was a Dustin, or not Words with Friends. What's the name of that game? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, that kind of shit or whatever. Scrabble? No, not Scrabble. <laughs> Where you say like the Yahtzee? Yeah. Now you're fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm stoned. It's hilarious. Me too. That's why I can't believe I kept going with it. Um. No, man, but... Anyway, I, I drank an entire bottle of champagne and fell asleep on the couch in my hotel for my honeymoon suite. On my I, was, I, was just I wasn't the first to sleep, though, and that's what happened. I was at uh, I was at Traeger's wedding. I DJed his wedding recently, mm -hmm. and um, he, like, passed out at, like, 1130. He did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Callie was like, where the fuck's my husband? Yeah. She was pissed because she was raging, you know, yeah, she was having happens. a good time. Yeah. We were all out there playing rap music. And then uh, Traeger's mom came up and was like, you need to cut this music off right now. It is not good. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. And then uh, and then I was like, yo, I was like, everyone out here is having a good time. Like I was in the, my mind. I was like, it's not your night. Yeah. But I get it. Like, yeah. it's it's not your night, though. It's kind of. No. I mean, it's not supposed to be. No, it's not. It's like my child, it's their fucking day. It's my time to let them have their fucking day. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think Yeah, that but this is the thing that I find so interesting about weddings is, or like the way that we view weddings over here is like, you said this is your child's day. That's like, like the birthday because it's only my birthday that day. Mm. I mean, unless, you know, there's somebody else with the same birthday, but... It's it's not, probably the point not. of the birthday is not to be together with somebody. It's supposed to be like, hey, it's me. I'm still here. Wedding is not about wedding is actually about be having like a relationship with another person. This is the start of but your life not I'm being saying. yours anymore. So that it's not the it's not. So the, you got to just parent. like, yeah, right. But you got, that mean, maybe that's the first step is like, that's how you know that you really decided to be a married person because now somebody else makes the decision about the music at your wedding and you just have to go for it. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think that I think that it's good 
Uh, and, you know, I'm not trying to judge my homie's mom. She's a sweet lady. She was just upset, and I understand it. And I'm being harsh because I'm just being joking, more or less. But, but you, Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean, but it's... They care so much more about the traditions about shit than we do. Every generation does than the one after it. I know. I guess, you know, it was a way I bigger am, deal. Dude, marriage I, was a way bigger deal still until like our parents' generation, at least, you know? Well, I think marriage still is a big deal. I think it's fucking huge, man. It like, is a big deal, but I mean, I'm not like the series of, is, of it is a big deal, but like, well, they it really wasn't, gave a shit. Like, it wasn't at that. What it was more, it was night, offensive like rap music. You know what I'm saying? Oh. And there were young kids, and like, like oh <laughs> and you know she's <laughs> kind of like religious and shit the, okay. so it's like yeah. so it's like i get that but it's also like yo sometimes you gotta like just let it rock right and fucking lighten up a little bit you guys just decided to take it to that level with the kids still moral like, of the story was hilarious yeah but uh you know she was a sweet lady <laughs> what are you gonna do what you do, man? It was it it, it bummed me out because I was like, I know, I know. Dude. It was like I was like, man, everyone's having such a good time, and then right at that moment, she came over there and swarmed on me. I was like, let the let the youth flourish right. with their new music that you don't understand. That's about Molly Percocet. Percocet. <laughs> no shit. Molly Percocet. It was that song. <laughs> and I know I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong because it's like you know she was probably right. Should cut the music <laughs> off, but in that moment, I fuck mean, that. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> what time was it? Oh, dude, it was late. Oh, okay, Drake was already passed out. Okay, that's what I was. Yeah. Um, well, then his day was over. Yeah. You know. I mean, everyone had a good time. It was a beautiful wedding. At, Moral at, of the story: beautiful wedding. At, at our wedding, uh, were, you, were you married in Sweden? Yeah, I got married in Gothenburg. And I walk in, we do this little walk, and uh, we walk up to this, to Pustervik. You know Pustervik, don't mm-hmm. you? We walk up to the upstairs. <laughs> the last time I had been in that room, I played a show there. This Actually, no, hot, I don't like, wish, is that in Pustervik Stockholm? Is where, that's where Martin works. It's in Gothenburg. You know in Martin? Gothenburg. i never been to Gothenburg. I thought we were talking about yeah, Stockholm. Yeah, you did. Well, when? I mean, wait, no, you drove... We Do you remember when we were on tour there and like Kevin Morby was on tour with us too? Yeah, because we did that thing in, in our house. Yeah. In the middle of our, our street. <laughs> and then we did Copenhagen. And uh, Copenhagen was after Gothenburg, I think. No, because we had to go to Gothenburg and get. Didn't we have to get like a that ship fucking there? Fucking ferry with all the kids running around. Was Curious that? George is still a thing in Sweden, and the, it was like Yo, that Curious whole. Curious George is still relevant, bro. Don't diss Curious George. Tell me when you're gonna go anywhere, and Curious George is gonna be everywhere, because that's what happened there. Anyway, we all got you're seasick because right. we're a bunch of <laughs> desert rats. And I wasn't seasick. I don't know about you, bro. We ate all that fucking Swedish breakfast shit. Yeah, there was like mayonnaise and shrimp for breakfast, <laughs> and then we were on a fucking boat Creamed, rocking. Creamed, smoked, bro. And everybody's like, I've never been on a ship this big before. Yeah, and it was like everything was in a tube. Yeah, that's Sweden. That shit was great. I like that food. Some of it's real weird. Some of it's, dude, some of it's a little rough for breakfast. Some of it's a little too creamy. Like, it's like, yeah. It's like, you they need like to dairy chill. up there. It's yeah, nuts. they like dairy. They really do. And they like mayonnaise a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, they do like mayonnaise. But I like I like all the smoked fish and all that type of stuff. Yeah, but some of the pickled fish is a little much. But um, what about for breakfast though? This that's the thing. I mean, all of that is good. 
in a time and, and place, but like for breakfast? I could eat lox and like creamed cheese for breakfast every day, actually. I could do. I just, when I grew up, like that was weird. Yeah, I mean, I didn't come up with that either, man. Yeah. My folks didn't have, We had bagels with fucking like cream cheese. Yeah. Like a normal, like. Like burnt ass bagels. I didn't have burnt bagels. My family had like some, well, maybe it was just me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you just don't know how to cook a bagel, bro. <laughs> Everybody in my family sucks. You just put bagels. it in a fucking toaster. What happened with your burnt ass bagels, dude? <laughs> like a I like crunchy trauma. things, and I think like I was going for texture more than I was for flavor. Maybe your toaster was broken. It's possible. Nah, probably not. If if like. Now I think about like my fun. dad being there, my toaster would have been working. But me, was he a, like a handy guy? You possibly yeah. like, break open the toaster and fix it if it was no, not up. like that. But he would have been like, "No, we need a toaster. We're yeah, not we need a toaster." It's like I'm either, not having a house with a broken toaster. Yeah, we're gonna get rid of like what the fuck am I gonna keep a broken toaster for? Yeah, that's true. My mom would have kept a broken toaster and been like, "Don't you see how beautiful this sculpture could be?" And I'm gonna put this on it and then it's gonna have this and that and then dude you can't put a toaster on a pedestal bro oh my mom could put anything on a pedestal she a woman has she a pedestal poster (laughs) pedestal file (laughs) (laughs) my mom has like sour cream containers like empty sour cream containers all up in that house everywhere i bet uh, maybe not now. I got moves, some of those. I, I rock with that. Because, like, it's nice to have uh, storage containers. But yeah, if you have too many, right. it, it gets, like, there's definitely some in there that I'm like, I don't know if there's even a top for this. But it's just sitting in there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my mom also, you know, she paints a lot. She makes badass art. Mm. But, so she she would keep. She'd use them, yeah. Well, she wouldn't use those things. She would keep those things for potential paint holders or something like that yeah, I, yeah. i'd imagine my dad would but do that she's with the kind of person cups. that would walk down and see the right stick and bring it home mm, she's a but hoarder it, she's a hoarder <laughs> yeah yeah she knows she's a hoarder too dude so this, sorry mom when I, I had to dude some, sometimes people are hoarders i'm yeah, a, but sometimes you just gotta you know take i mean i think out. i am to a degree with like records and stuff i'm trying to be more of a minimalist these days though you know what you need to do is get rid of all those containers that don't have anything so that way you're not tempted to fill them well, that shit's not really my shit so it's like oh, i don't well, that's not yours then it doesn't matter yeah i mean like i don't really stake claim to the plastic containers but like i wouldn't take them if i moved or some shit there right. might be one that i'd be like that's that's my dude but I mean, like with my stuff, like living here, I got a small room and I got a bunch of stuff out in the back room. But I just like I've been wanting to minimalize like my p- material possessions, man. Yeah, it's like I I've, I've done that a few times. I don't have like if Josh Ryan would leave that house that I live at mm-hmm. and took all of his like plates over to Canada with him. Like where's he at? He lives in Vancouver. Fuck, I was I was hoping you were gonna say Toronto. No, he's in Vancouver. With Neil and Kate. Do you know Neil and Kate? Are those the Irish people? Hell yeah, they are. They live in Canada too? Yeah. Li- Shout out to them. Yep. Um anyways, Oh yeah. I wouldn't have anything to eat on. I don't even own a fork. That's fork in proportion. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's so like dependent it's on so people. Fork unbelievable. It's, it's so stupid. Um Man needs a fork. Yeah, I know. A married man with no fork. 
That sounds like the start of a proverb. (laughs) (laughs) A married man without a fork is like, (laughs) I don't know what it would be. I'm not, I'm not, I tried to start off philosophical and my bubble got burst. (laughs) He took me down back to the, back to the, uh, the, the natural world. Back down to the earth. Were you fucking pragmatists? When it suits me. You're a fucking, Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> you ain't got no forks. I don't know what kind of pragmatism you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm pragmatic. A man without a fork could well, never be a pragmatist. Well, then I only eat finger foods, and then I'm pragmatic. Yeah, See, this is back to the thing what I'm talking about. Go. You can there figure out a way to justify anything. Well, you can put your narrative behind anything. Well, that's what's the difference between justifying it or fitting it into your yeah, narrative. Yeah, but is that... If it fits does, into, the, into your narrative, then it's justified, and you feel okay doing well, it. Well, from a pragmatic approach... If that, if doing that doesn't suit a aim, is it worth doing? Uh, it depends what your aim is. Most of the time your aim is very short-sighted and that's why you do those things. Yeah, that's true. I always go to an after party because I'm not aiming for anything but to be wasted. Or your total utter self-destruction. Right. But either way, like that's not, you're not I trying to get laid, you're married. Well, see, yeah, I don't. Yeah, well, I know, and that's that's well, what I'm saying. Like, I just go there to get wasted with everybody, yeah. because I have to go home alone, and I'm and <laughs> in the crushing and watch sadness videos while drinking red wine <laughs> and eating burnt toast <laughs> and eating burnt bagels without a fork, <laughs> trying to spread, uh, <laughs> trying to spread <laughs> the mayonnaise and you got, you got no condiments, Swedish no food. no knife, you know, <laughs> yeah. you got a knife, like a pocket knife. Yeah, I, I have like knife. the switchblade type. Is that the is the switchblade the legal? one that? I don't think so. You, is it the oh one where you, you push it and it like the knife comes out? Yeah, there's like a little button and it, yeah. it flicks up or flicks straight out. Yeah, and then you do that and it goes down. Oh, I, got, I, I have one of those, but it stopped going one. down, so it's just open. So it's just open. I got I a I pocket knife. Stuff on that. Say again. I guess I could spread stuff with that. Yeah, you can spread somebody's guts all over the floor. <laughs> No, you could use a you could spread you could spread uh spread butter with a switchblade. <laughs> That's pretty badass, actually. Uh but no, I always think about I'm always afraid I'm gonna lose my pocket knife because I wanna carry it around, but like I don't want it to fall out of my pocket. What's wrong with it falling out of your pocket? Is it sentimental? It's just I don't wanna have to get another one. Yeah. But then like if What if, do you need a pocket knife for though? Just to, in case you need a pocket knife. You never know when you got cut something. You got a bone check. No, not as a weapon, dude. Like as a pra- pragmatically. Oh, I right. mean, I would hate to have to ever stab someone. I, don't I think walked I downtown do for a second. I got a little bit like, who's that guy? Who's that? You know, I walked downtown today, and there are a lot of bums in this town, dude. It's like, I. It's so weird. I had. It's like I had to like. All right. Well, the bus drops me off with like the Walking Dead. So as soon as you're I also make riding it, the city bus in Austin, it's yeah, gonna be like the that. worst bus system of all time. But you get downtown, like near the Mohawk and shit. They're not so far out that way, but sometimes you got the straggler zombies that kind of walk around there. Yeah, they're all on K2 and shit. Yeah, th- those guys, like, it's like I got to, like, once I make it past the zombies, I get to the bridge, and then I can cross the interstate into <laughs> Yuppie Shire, you, and then everything is safe. Did you hear when McNeely was, like, on that on that interview on TV? He's like, yeah, all these fucking... Bums out here, they're, they're doing this K2, and, you know, f- you know, the ambulances are getting called. It's, it's crazy. Like, what happened to the good old days when bums just smoked crack and did heroin? 
I wonder that, that shit on the news. It was hilarious. <laughs> well, it was I wonder, so funny. Well, I wonder, like, why the fuck do they do K2? Well, because you can get it at a store, and it's probably pretty cheap. You don't you even know? have to go inside a building to get heroin. Yeah, but you have to risk the legality of it, you know? And, I mean, if you're if you're... If you're addicted to heroin, you're not looking for K2. You're looking for well, fucking heroin. Well, I know, but heroin. like, why are they doing K2? Because it's legal. Because you can get it at a head shop. I just, it's easy and accessible. It just seems like it... How much is K2? I don't even fucking know. I mean, know. bath salts was legal. You yeah, know? but how much was that shit? I don't know. Probably like five bucks. <laughs> See, I feel like you could get five bucks worth of crack or heroin and it might last long. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, man. A fucking $5 rock. That's like one hit or some shit. Dude, I don't know anything about crack. Price of bath salts <laughs> when popularized. <laughs> I was hoping you would say crack. Oh. <laughs> Price. Price. God, I can't talk anymore. You got too stoned, man. I didn't even get that stoned. It's just holding this microphone. It's freaking me out. I know there's no reverb on it. It's weird for you. <laughs> <laughs> If I could just get some more slap back. Yeah, could I get <laughs> I need some uh, spring reverb on this real quick? That would be the way to do it. It would just be like, I joked with Danny the other night when I was when we were doing the podcast. I was like, dude, I'm just going to flood your vocals with reverb so no one hears what the fuck you're saying. Because <laughs> yeah. we were fucked up yeah. trying to do that podcast the other night. I don't think you guys out there will ever hear uh, that podcast. I think it's going to the vaults. Deep cuts. It's going to the grave, yeah. We'll Ra- see. I'm going to send it. Around, I the Christmas, to around it. Christmas time, you'll have your Christmas special. The and Christmas then, like, special with Danny Lee. <laughs> <laughs> New Year's, you'll, you'll revisit it on At the KCC New Year's special. It was, a, <laughs> it was fun, though. Like It was real fun to like sit and talk shit with those yeah. guys, but it was like, like we were all way too faded just sitting that's, there talking That's a very... Shit. Interesting combination of dudes. Yeah. Those two. Yeah. It Those two good, personalities seem like they would complement each other very well. Well, we went into like the, uh, I was like, I had kind of, I was real stone. So in my mind, I was like, Casey's like, Danny's like attorney. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he's like, and like, and like, so I was kind of like getting him to try to play that role, yeah. like in the dynamic of the conversation. And because uh, you could see Casey is like somebody's wild, crazy Texas attorney. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. dressed the part. He's way cooler than that. What's that dude? The attorney that rocks. Oh What's God. that guy? You seen that guy with is the that dreads? David Cross. Is that his name? David Cross is a comedian, isn't he? No, I think this guy's name is also something like that, isn't with it? With a K, Cross with a K. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he he's got, got his legal degree so he could change his own name to Cross <laughs> with a K. Dude, the band that he's in is like. What are they called? Oh, I forget, but they were like sponsoring the shit out of some posts. The lawyer that rocks. Austin. You never gave us the price of bath salts either. I was like twenty-five to sixty dollars for a pack, which is ah. Uh, like, that's why you didn't tell me because it was more than you said it was. No, the packs were big. It was probably like a fucking. Uh, well, they're rocks. So how many know, rocks did half it take? Half ounce or though? something. No, David Comey. Comey. David Cross. See, this is why I need to chill on the drinking. Can't remember anything. Crosby, Stills, and Cross. Cosby, Stills, and <laughs> <laughs> too soon. <laughs> uh, 
No, the uh, the price of the the price the the price of uh, bath salts was uh, it was it was affordable. Yeah, I think too. I mean, those like those compounds get you fucked up. Really? Like if you're trying to escape they, they from must, reality, though. they must. Because those guys are not like they're not on this planet when they're on that shit. Those guys like they just walk. They don't know what they're doing. It's fucking crazy. The way we deal with addiction and drugs on this fucking in this fucking world is so stupid. Well, not everybody does it that way, but we also live in Texas. Yeah, but I'm also saying like on a level of as the human race, the majority of the human race does not really deal with it very well. You know, there's certain areas That's where because it's better. a giant chunk of the human race is an addicted to something if not most of them okay so this is a conversation i was trying to have the other night with those dudes so you know and it it kept kind of leaning political which i i guess i just think more existentially like when like people are like oh the world's fucked up and there's all these political problems or all these like you know addiction problems all this stuff it's like i just feel like all that is a byproduct of the fucking of the fact that we're all here to die and no one wants to fucking deal with it. So it's like every distraction that can be put in the place of the acceptance of that finite experience is just like fucking just horrible. Well, that's the existential problem, right? I know, but that's it manifests like in two steps down to the political problem. The reason what's that we have, what's the other step? I don't know. Okay. Oh, I thought you were about I mean, to like, break some shit down. Okay, well, we could try, I guess. Like, yeah, the, let's the, think. The, the, For once. <laughs> the, like, problem of, like, not wanting to, like, admit that you die and maybe, like, that's the end of it. And you have Everyone to leave a legacy. Dies. Yeah, like, you try to keep traditions going, maybe, because of that. Because mm. if your traditions don't... Like if everything that you did, like say, like you so, had traditions this, are like a form of trying to l- have like a we're all everybody's life. trying to like li- the live only, forever. Like, that's why like all of us are, like not maybe that's not the only reason why we're doing music, but <clears throat> a lot of the draw of it is like we look back at people who will always exist, whether or not they die. Like John Lennon still pretty much exists. Well, I guess that's that. John Lennon it, exists that explains as, nationalism real easy then. Yeah, John Lennon exists to me as much as he would if he was alive. Because I'm never gonna see him. I'm never gonna touch him. You know what I mean? And but he's he's making just as much of an impact. Because honestly, it's not like he makes them. He would have made that much of an impact if he, with the stuff he was doing at this moment. Like Bob Dylan. Never. You know, the Bob Dylan that impacts you is like or Bob Marley, sixteen sixties and seventies. You know, or Bob Marley. Redemption song. <laughs> that was my jam back in the day when I first discovered weed. Redemption song. Yeah, I would get that was sound. my jam during philosophy school. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was that period where I was just like, "Oh right, nothing matters." Cool. And yeah, but I it does matter. No, but it doesn't. But it's like Jim Carrey just said. On the, did you see that thing? Yeah, he's right. Don't, we don't matter, and that's the good news. So you can yeah. like chill out on the legacy thing and the thing that we were talking about earlier. And I, you could I actually agree make, with that, but I make, also agree that it does matter. Because the, I mean, you. It doesn't though. It matters I, as long as we're around. As soon as we're gone, nobody's gonna give a fuck. <clears throat> and I mean, like humans, and 
in general. If humans disappear, nobody's going to give a shit that Donald Trump was president in 2017. No, and I get that, and I understand that, and I agree with that. But do you think that kind of like... Okay, so maybe he's trying to take like the nihilist perspective and flip it, right? Who? Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. And what you're saying, right? Right. Uh, and, you know, what scientists say, what like Neil, De- Neil deGrasse Tyson would say the same thing probably. But on a, on a macrocosm, yes, you're right. But on a microcosm, while we're here in this experience with our whatever, you know, perception of reality that we're experiencing, whether this is real or fake or doesn't even exist or it's a hologram or whatever, there is the fact that our, you know, environmentalism is a way. Like our impact, our our actions do have a greater impact and maybe not past the planet, but pragmatically we got to fucking make sure that the, we're good to the planet. And I'm just using this as an example so that we can therefore sustain. Cause it's nice to have this experience. Right. But you, you can also just use the same flipping it around to kind of be like, <clears throat> well, it doesn't matter if I only sleep a few hours tonight. I'm going to take the bus anyway and be late home from the podcast recording and shit like oh, that. Oh, I'll give you a ride. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but, no, you don't a, but you know what I mean, though. I don't like, know. Go go <laughs> ahead. Sorry. I don't know. You can kind of – it takes, like, a lot of the pressure off for yourself so you can be like, well, I don't care about me that much. So I'd rather care about you. That's That's the, the thing. Because uh, basically, like, if it if nothing really matters, then you might as well care about other people instead. Yeah, but that's not really, like, the route that nihilism usually takes. Of course that's not, but that's because nihilism is a step in the process. It's not the end. Okay, so people that are, that are not, that, that take nihilism to that level to where they're just like, yo, fuck it, I don't give a fuck, destroy my life. I'll destroy other people's life because nothing means anything. That is a step in the process to the greater reality. Right. I think I feel like that's a symptom. Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, no. That the greater reality that being able to understand that there is no, uh, you know, reason to any of this is a is a way to kind of dissolve the ego and right. not care about yourself but care about others. Right. I think that that's the the nihilism is the first is like the fever mm. you know what i mean and you're like this is terrible nothing matters okay because you truly actually realize nothing matters so it, what it did was actually threaten everything that you've ever thought like the way that you've the foundation that you've built your, built your entire like relation to the world mm. is like completely fucked if nihilism is is real right and if you realize nothing's matter nothing matters then <clears throat> it's all fucked. Nothing you know makes sense. So why should you do anything? So it's just but then chaos. I feel like the more you think about that, okay, and the more you slip into that void, like the quicker you realize, like, well, then if I care for everybody else, at least it's a peaceful chaos. Well, that but you kind of have to care about yourself first. You can't really just try to like put off. <clears throat> your love onto other people and not love yourself to a degree. You know what I'm saying? Of course. But I mean, I would 
happily have to like readjust if they if they said <clears throat> excuse me no more cars we all have to take the shitty bus system i know i already did it but mm-hmm. i would things of that like nature i would mm-hmm. gladly do them i'd gladly pay more taxes mm. on income taxes if everybody gets health insurance <clears throat> yeah i would too in that circumstance um so yeah i don't care if i have less money to do things because if we all get it then i'm down for that yeah but i'm not really talking about money i guess yeah but that's a very easy way to like i don't know it's easy to understand it's easier to understand right but i guess like and that's why it's that's why i'm saying like it's way easier to kind of like exist on this physical plane and kind of put things into you know ideas that we are tangible tangibly can you know understand rather than like the full like the pondering of like what what is the the more metaphysical meaning right um it's hard for me to not think of it metaphysically though i mean all this is metaphysical to me the whole shit is is metaphysical it is but like metaphysical like you have you can't ignore the other part of it that's the that's I the g- thing i agree okay so that's that's a good point because i really see things dualistically right like yeah. i've i've had some really impactful like spiritual experiences on psychedelics that kind of like broke down the idea of the dualistic principle as a full principle a very taoist kind of like right. philosophy of like how i like that's kind of how i view the world if i if i am anything in like these like terms these standard terms which i don't know them all i'm not like schooled in philosophy like you are but that's why i want to talk to you about this shit because i i uh appreciate that about you uh, among other things but so it it broke down that idea that like the all encompassed is both aspects and then there is a grayscale in between right but the main thing is chaos and order right right well and they kind, kind of, of coexist within this interplay a, a good it's a good way to like like physically represent that Mm-hmm. I think like Kabbalah actually does like a really good job of that. With the I don't, have you seen the tr- Kabbalistic Tree of Life? They have. Like I have, but I spheres. never really understood it. It looks it's really cool though. D- the the philosophy it looks cool as fuck. Yeah, but the philosophy is dense as fuck. Yeah, and no, it, it's, I've, it, it I've kind of like transcends of Judaism a lot, and so it's Jewish mysticism, right? It's Jewish mysticism, but it Madonna it, does it. Yeah, I'm just kind kidding. Of. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> It's Jewish mysticism, yeah. but it broke out into like Hermeticism and like like there's even like Christian Kabbalah and stuff like that. Okay, but I think because well, it was it, adopted by the occult for sure. Right. Well, it's Big because time. it is occult. Yeah. But I'm saying the more. Oh, I'm sorry. Like the, the like when the English started doing it with like Madame uh, fucking Blavatsky. Like, yeah, yeah. All that t- that new age. That kind that of kind of shit. like new yeah. age. I mean, it's kind of old now, but I guess like that kind of. Well, that that's, was the dawn that's where of new that age comes from, like Hermeticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Gotcha. So. When it gets to that kind of philosophy, it becomes like incredibly, because it's supposed to be a cult, so it's like incredibly dense. Mm. But the essential thing of it is, it's God is the all, right? Mm. And then it, the the tree of life is a diagram of how the one manifests mm. down into the ten thousand things, basically. Mm. And so, gotcha, gotcha, the bottom gotcha. is Malkut. I think, and that's like the Earth. I have realm. seen that the broken down like, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the I, I nine soft or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, I think like 
dualism gets shattered by that nihilism we're talking about because you realize that the top one the Mm -hmm. the crown Sephira Mm -hmm. is there you realize that it's like all one and it goes on with or without your your experience and Mm -hmm. so that's when you get the nihilism and everything crashes down but then you realize that you are experiencing it down here so there are Mm -hmm. all of these these manifestations and there are all these things that are part of the one that the one is that peaceful then it all can be that peaceful it's just but it that can't because we exist within the dualistic nature of things like we i mean we exist on the spiritual level and all that stuff too but like you were saying like the way it's easier to break down these representations into like how things happen physically and even like to we we don't even know because you know like science ca- is even confused by physics you know, and some shit. And then like when you get to the metaphysical level and then like the spiritual level, all this stuff, it's like there's so much that we don't know. You well, know what yeah. I'm saying? But we only have a bit of a like a design that we're kind of giving glimpses of to reference, you know? Right. But I think like the reason that you realize that if it's you can't like you can. It's so hard to, for me to keep on over train of thought like this. That's fine. No, no. Like it's it's cool though. But there's go like ahead. A, go ahead. You know, there's if you have like the one and it is able, it's that peaceful up there. Then it's got to be peaceful down at the bottom of the tree also. So, but the re- you the reason that it's not peaceful at the bottom of the tree is because you don't realize that you can see the peaceful one at the top of the tree from the bottom of the tree until you like figure out how to like get that vision. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I've had an experience like that on acid where I was like, I like kind of like it was the craziest shit. It was on Halloween one year and I was like kind of starting to notice like the dualistic nature of my experience with like my friend group with these other friend groups who were interacting and my subjectivity and the objectivity and like all this stuff. And then the idea started bouncing back and forth within this like ping pong of understanding like the dualism and it started to vibrate like faster and faster and faster till it went to this one point and it just went it actually sounded like and then i fucking felt this fucking crazy shit on my third eye chakra be like and it sent me into this (laughs) fucking like state of infinite bliss and i and i would just stay there and be like ah like between the two polarities and then went and just kind of meditated on that shit all night and just stayed in this fucking state that was like some crazy like christ consciousness state or some shit right well that's what the miller middle the miller pillar the miller pillar the miller genuine draft (laughs) yeah that one will get you there pretty easily (laughs) no but it was crazy 12 bucks at a at the grand on sundays you get a couple of them mini pictures you'll feel that I don't know if it's the same thing. It's not. I but did go in there the on mushrooms pillar, once. The, yeah. You went to the Grand? I'm the first time I was ever there, it was weird as fuck. But it was fun. Was was it like a rock candy night or something? It was very colorful. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it was just like a super of, loud. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was like they were uh, yeah. just playing some sleazy rock and roll. Yeah. And was having a good time. Yeah, it was Sleazy, cool. loud, very midi, mm-hmm. like mid-range. Yeah, snotty. Po- no, Actually, no, I mean like good. the mids were pushed. The mids high. were pushed, but there was also some a lot of oh, that. Yeah, there's the, well, it was the music scene night. Mm-hmm. It was like the music scene night. Yeah, it was like Ben's and all night. The kids, yeah. 
And uh, no, some of that, some of that sleazy rock and roll has some good low end, man. Especially that seventy. Right, but for some reason in that room, it always felt very like there was like mids, and it kind of like was piercing in my ears mm. a little bit. Those that frequency fucks with me, anyways. It, the mid does. Yeah. Huh. I, I think see. it's from. I think it's it's about two K. I think it's from hearing so many fucking Fender Twin Reverb amps. Could be. This is a reverb resonates in that frequency. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the higher pitch. Well, and like Fender on Fender can be pretty jangly and it'll yeah. really fuck with you. But it's 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 a torture to my ear. Really? Oh, yeah. It feels like someone's sticking an ice pick in it. I have to like, I have to rock headphones at shows or uh, earplugs at shows. I need to. I used to do that really well when we first yeah. started touring a lot. I was wearing earplugs all the time. You know, and a lot of the garage rock stuff is like, that's how they want to sound. You know, right, and I get it too. But I like, don't. I'm like, put some <coughs> bass in that shit, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do, and I get it. But like, Dude, gotta I gotta protect myself, range. you know. <clears throat> yeah, I want to get some of those ones. Yeah, that, I like, don't know, dude. Some can... of that fucking black metal shit is like, there's like no low end, like like early, like mayhem and shit. Yeah, all that stuff is just like, and like the remember the like, that shit sucks. Is the coldest. That is an interesting genre, though. That I mean, that story is interesting. Have you read the book? No, I need to read that book. I I researched. I remember I had an old roommate, a uh, good friend of mine, Vlad Vlakula, as we <laughs> as we like to call him. He was he was the homie that got me into the occult. He uh, he was a he let me borrow that book, The Dark Arts. I remember one time he uh, he let me borrow it, and uh, he gave it to me, and it was wrapped in a string. And he was like, you know, you open this world at your own uh, decision. And I was like, is he fucking with me? Yeah. And then I was like, I think he's fucking <laughs> with me. Maybe he's not fucking with me. So I opened it anyways. Yeah. No, uh, I mean. But the occult's cool. I think it's definitely. You got to open that at your own decision. Well, I yeah, but I think it's also been kind of like neutered by like new age philosophy oh yeah it's they just kind of neutered the occult i've been know? studying that since i was like 17 mm -hmm. and i've gotten pretty good at being like that's bullshit don't like you by the title you can tell a lot of times yeah and most of the time what you need to do is maybe listen to lectures or podcasts or some shit i listen to a lot of manly p hall lectures for manly p hall is badass manly I have p hall is pretty dope and I have this do this new uh, EP with my band and my wife that I'm working on that. Starts oh yeah, what's it called? Routine death. Oh yeah, yeah. It's called. Uh, it's got a. It starts with a Manly P Hall uh, lecture. Part of it. Yeah, I've sampled him before too. Yeah, he's great. He has Dude, some great shit. That picture of him when he's a kid. He looks like the scariest motherfucker ever. I don't think I've seen it, that the picture. What's the book that he did with all the illustrations? I don't the, know. Um, he did the secret teachings of all ages. I think that's it. And but it's like it's like the wild decorative illustrations. I mean, there's each. probably a, like a okay, like a version of it, I guess, or edition. My buddy I guess, used to I have never... that one, and it was all these real intricate paintings of all the like principles. He wrote that shit when he was hella young, right? Yeah. Like he was in his twenties or some shit. I think so. That was back like just after the Victorian era, but it was in America, and he was like able to like. There was like a bunch of trust funds floating around with like high society people, and he was oh, able yeah? to get like, yeah, he was able to just like do like the Crowley thing and just like live and travel. 
This picture, look at this. You, if we, I have seen that see picture. Yeah, yeah. crazy. Yeah. Those are some. Those are some fucking eyes. That guy would be like, I don't know about you, man. But badass. I'd like though. to kick it with that guy. Hell yeah, badass. Yeah, his lectures. I listened because uh, there's a lot of them on YouTube, and uh, I listened. There was a when I lived in SF. There was a good year or two. That I was like switching back between Manly P. Hall lectures and Joseph Campbell lectures, uh, and like just going back and forth. I'm a huge Joseph Campbell. I don't fan. know him very well, dude. It's great <coughs> because, like, so for me, like, my pops was into him, yeah. Because he, so he basically, like, George Lucas took the hero's journey. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. arc because he was a, a study of Jungian archetypes. Okay. And so he took the hero's journey and put it into Star Wars and and uh Oh right, yeah. And so George Lucas was a big like uh fan of Joseph Campbell. Okay. But he breaks he breaks down the the hero's journey and he takes a look at I think the book is called like A Hero with a Thousand Faces or something. So all of the world's mythology or a, a majority of the world's mythology and kind of looks for the similarities but but besides it and not the differences right, like and the then he was and able everything. to kind of gather this like okay here's this Jungian archetype of the hero journey that the the individual has to proceed out into the world to go to the depths and discover something within the depths that is of worth and bring it back to the culture to help the culture which is like basically it's kind of crazy because that shit goes back like if you think about like hunting like that was what the like you know as from oh, right, uh yeah. from a caveman perspective, right? Yeah, you had to go out, fucking face some wild shit, yeah. bring back the meat, and like it's like this weird story that like echoes, and you know, is kind of one of these uh, the archetype thing is really like interesting to me. Yeah, it's true. And I don't really fuck with young, um, like straight up. But a lot of people, or a few people that are really big fans and have like kind of expounded on his work, I'm I'm fans of. How come you're not a fan of Young then? Well, I haven't. I'm not. It's not that I'm not a fan of Young. I just have not delved into any of oh. the work. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying before. Though is like, you can listen to like, Madame Blavatsky or like read like Madame Blavatsky mm-hmm. and be. And it's like okay. I mean, this is also coming from a woman who is like faking seances. Yeah, but see, that's, you know, so that's like, that era of the occult was a bunch of there, there was a bunch of I mean. charlatans. But I didn't know. Yeah. I had to work my way back, right? So yeah. when I first found out about it, I found out about like the Golden Dawn and all those crazy dudes. Yeah. So and I the just Golden thought, Dawn Orchestra, the band from Austin, Texas. Yes, no, I found saying. out about them. <laughs> They're from another planet. Hell yeah! Big ups to the Golden Dawn Orchestra. I love those guys. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the, the, I, I went the down Secret and, like, Society. I found, the yeah, Golden I found Dawn, about yeah. that, and I thought that that was really weird. Because it's not what the, the picture I had of Victorian England. Mm. So then I read it's like, oh, yeah, there, there's like a mix of Kabbalah. And then they mix the tarot and the Kabbalah. So then I start like, what the fuck's a Kabbalah? What's the tarot? And like, then you start reading, you start going further back because you might as well like know what the real shit is. Because it's all, it's all a synthesis. So you want to try to find those certain. But the problem is, is you never stop because it just keeps twisting around. And then you get this whole like thing like. You get to Egypt, but then Egypt has all these confusions. Well, it goes to Mesopotamia is the first documented, right? Like the Mesopotamian creation myth. Well, that's the Western. The Western. Okay. Well, what was what was the 
what in the east is around the same time period? I have no Was idea. Is there any documentation? I have no idea. Well, I mean, you got to think, like, we started in Mesopotamia, right? Isn't that like the beginning of society? Isn't that like the, the Fertile Crescent around that area? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm not that good at the time periods. I just know, But like I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying I assume that in the Middle East is where the... F- probably some of the first documentation oh, would I'm have sure. started because that's where civilization the, reason, the only reason that from. i'm not that i'm like hesitant to be like yes is because no, I, don't I don't know, know what happens either. in the east hmm? i don't know what happened in the eastern part of the world yeah i don't know that well enough to be able to say that that was the first uh, maybe in the west i know that that's the first because i know western history more than i know eastern history that's fair yeah the, so i don't know but i really i yeah i got into a lot of the um like the Hindu type stuff too, man. Like yeah. a lot of that mythology is really fucking cool. Like that really like that shit breaks down to like, you know, was it like Brahma like opening and closing his eyes as one universe coming into existence and then going out of existence. Right. It's like that shit is beautiful. And I feel like right. that that type of is like the nihilism you were talking about earlier, like seeing the beauty in the uh, the finite aspect of things. right. Well, they didn't have nihilism. I mean, I don't think they had nihilism. Well, no, no, the I'm reason I saying, don't think they had nihilism. I'm just saying that. Oh, I'm sure that there were some people that were like, "Yeah, fuck the world." You know what I'm saying? But like, I'm saying like what you were saying like is like there's no meaning to it, so don't trip so much. Like right. you know, like just kind of like try to be good to people and understand that this is overall meaningless. But while you're here, like care about people and try to be a good person. Yeah, of course. But I feel like that, like that, you know, the Hindu stuff kind of, you know, and the Buddhist stuff, too. It's like it's it's like this is impermanent. Right, but, if you, but I think the way that I what I was meaning, though, is like if you're a little kid and your whole life, they, they like or not your whole life, but your whole like upbringing, mm-hmm. they're just like we are all one blink in Brahman's eye. And that's mm-hmm. when the whole universe comes in and think about how gentle a blink is and how refreshing it is. And. Every, and we're all part of this beautiful moment. You're not going to grow up like doing things because you think it's better for you in the long run. And like some people are fucked and some people aren't fucked. They like some people to them are not aware of, of the all or something, but they're not like as divided and you, you, grow up as like we're all one thing so we kind of work and the culture reflects that by the time you get like through christianity it's just like you got people who are like well you can't do these 10 things because because if you do then you go to hell you know what i'm saying like so can i can i say this that i have been listening to this dude recently who's kind of exploring the uh psychological aspects of the biblical stories and kind of viewing them as mythology and not like from a dogmatic approach and just kind of casting all that aside and only viewing it in terms of this is a uh, analysis a Jungian analysis of like the archetypal aspects of the mythology that is that is birth christianity from the bible right and it has changed my fucking view of christianity i'm not anti-christianity in that i'm not either and i wasn't but i was i was always more i never grew up with it 
So and I was always kind of like, yeah, you know, like I I heard like, oh, religion is the opiate of the masses. Oh, OK, I'll just adopt that idea. Didn't know that it was Karl Marx. You know, I never knew about all this. I know what you mean. You know, type of shit. And so now I'm kind of like, OK, all my ideas are not my own because for years and years, societies have been built upon these philosophical ideas and they're kind of meld and they have their own life you know they're like these weird vi ideas are like these weird viruses that just attach to people right they're not our own and so i'm now like okay well maybe i can view christianity through a different lens because i'm able to kind of step away from the way that i had viewed it before and not have the stigma and then view it in a different way, which might be someone else's idea infecting my mind too. So I don't know. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. Nobody has an original thought. I know, man. But that's that has been fucking with me lately. Why? What does it matter? <laughs> uh, you because see how I, I get, think that you see the beauty of this. How we can just swing from the nihilism to the the beauty in the nihilism whenever we want. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Fuck, fuck having an original uh, thought. I think it. I think it. I think it matters because it does impact. The world it really does you know like ideas breed into these okay uh, that's different like areas where where they can create vast suffering right and you know you could say well you know life is suffering and you know things life is bir birthed upon death and that's the that's the way that nature works and i agree uh, and that's all fair and good, I guess. But it's also like. Here's the thing, though. It, what I'm you, right. there's no one, uh, original thoughts, mm. but everybody gets to make their own recipe, and there are poison thoughts out there. And if you don't study thoughts enough, then you like if you don't know what ingredients are like before you make a dish. You can't tell what a rotten ingredient is. And That's what's, a good metaphor. I like that. You know, I'm a baker, so I, I'm around this type of stuff. You're also a philosopher, so. But, but you know what I mean, though? Like, if you don't know that, you make a bad recipe, mm. and then people get sick from it. Well, okay, so then therein lies, what do we do about that problem? Because, you know. We educate people to be able to, because most people, the basic, I believe that the basic, like, what do you, I guess element of being a human is being mm -hmm. creative, being logical and analytical. Okay. And being like loving kind of like we look at a little baby and like little kids, super logical. I've been seeing little kids a lot more lately because mm -hmm. I'm just at that time, I guess. But cause your wife's like, uh, so, um, <laughs> yeah. about this, childbirth thing yeah yeah you mean because i'm 32 years old yeah shit dog i'm 36 well either way but i anyway, think about like, that too man you think about it, look at a kid kids dude that you know why they're so funny is because it's just straight logic so yeah, but they it's, always it's they logic always make, they make social faux pas all the time that we crack up at because they're just doing straight logic with trying to help somebody else in mind they don't even think about they don't have all those other like guidelines to try. Yeah, to but follow. kids also act really selfishly too. Not in the very, very beginning. There, most of them, most children. All right, I'm not gonna. I'm not. Gonna dude, most children when they're before they learn the concept of mind, mm. it's all about like 
just share you know like you can teach a kid to share fairly easily most kids i guess that is because you're pretty much your only uh aspect of understanding reality is is being shared with because your mother is there to nurture you only being and so you're 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 shown from like the time you come out and are put to your mother's chest straight out the womb you're giving love right right doesn't that go against the thing of being spoiled then well i think there's a point you gotta cut that shit off because you can't you can't like that's the like the oedipal mother right like you you gotta cut that shit off of at a certain point and real life has to come into play because it's not always like you're not but always why isn't it always fed. like that uh because then you don't get an understanding of the harshness of the world because yeah, the, but, but before that why is the world harsh anyway wouldn't the harsh be wouldn't the world be harsh because you're putting harsher people into it no nah, yeah but i think mother nature is harsh i think there's an aspect to all right so if you think about the feminine as a real as a as a construct right and the masculine is a construct too and they both have uh the positive and negative attributes like the if you look at the father you have the or the or you know the wise king and then the tyrant and if you look at the mother you have the nurture and then you the nurturer and then you have the oedipal mother right so they both ha- can have these negative and positive aspects because they're part of a dualistic system and i think when we're in this dualistic system which is our experience of subjectivity and objectivity that they're are going to always be there are always going to be that problem of like of that there is going to be um chaos and 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 uh you know pitfall and that's why harshness that's why satanism is ridiculous to me why because all it does is swing to the other side well i feel like satanism is just like an exploration of the of pleasure and okay, well okay this is why levain satanism is okay that's place. what i'm talking about right yeah levain satanism his his idea of satanism is it's actually got some principles that are like it's like okay that's very reasonable and you know mm-hmm. s- scientific but it's also like it's also like okay you have it it's the idea of like that you know the nihilist view none of it matters so do what thou wilt is the whole of the way or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like on some Crowley yeah, shit. But you forget the last half of that law. A lot of people forget the last half See, of that I law. See, but I think that's the thing. I don't even know it, but I think it's been used to to kind of right. uh to kind of push that agenda of, you know, the experienced life and have no regrets. But that I don't know if that's but the do way. You know the you know, do you know how that that say it? Cuz I don't. So do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Yeah. Love uh, Love is the law. Love under will. That's. See, I never knew that because I'm yeah. not like I'm not. I didn't ever studied uh, studied uh, Crowley, but um, I do know his impact. Right. And I will say that every time you see that quote, you that, get that part. Yeah. See, and th- but that's the thing we were just talking about. You can take something and and push it towards your narrative. You right. can take an idea, which is like postmodern right Right. it's kind of postmodern right so now you know all the recipes after crowleyism Mm. and most likely when i say crowleyism i mean like 60s revival crowleyist kind Mm -hmm. of like the hippies yeah the beat now you know when these two when these dudes made the recipe Mm -hmm. they only put half of that ingredient in there Mm. and now you got like and then that's when you get all that other shit well i start to i mean he, he also didn't live 
like love was the law. Oh, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, he was yeah, a shithead. He's shit a total piece of shit. He was um, a shithead. Yeah, fuck Alistair Crowley. I don't give a fuck about him. He has some good ideas, but as a person, you know, from what I understand, he's pretty shitty. <laughs> Those fucking recordings of him saying the spells is he's like a, a fucking ball. goth kid dream. He's such a cornball, dude. I just picture like all these like. Because I've listened Marilyn to some of his lectures and shit like, and watched oh, yeah. some, uh, you know, documentaries and he's shit. A li- he was a liar. He was a shock, like a shock artist. He was a shock jock. Yep. I, uh, he was a dick jockey also. A <laughs> dick jockey. I, I, yeah, you know, I've been seeing some pitfalls in the kind of what came out of the hipster beatnik hippie movement uh, and what what that became and you know it goes on into the new age and a lot of like left-wing politics and which are all fair and good i consider myself left left left-wing politically but it's figured that i'm a little more close to center than if we're if you're going to gauge it you know on the on the the spectrum um but i there's parts of it that i really admire and i think are really important but like you were saying it's only half of the equation, right? It's like you were saying, that was the easy half. That is the easy half. Self-indulgence and, right. and, you know, and finding beauty. Dude, I was listening to this fucking text and this dude was reading it and he was talking about how it was this fucking beautiful <laughs> poem and it went from how nihilism went to that and then went to tyranny. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know why? Because that because when we go back to it like this, nihilism has that is the thread through which they cut off love is the law, love under will and they left do it that will that will because it yeah. doesn't matter except for the experience they're having now, which leads to social Darwinism, which is why Levain Satanism ha- it lends itself to social Darwinism, which Did is it? a con- yeah, and it's a complete like a lot of a lot of Satanists that were like Levain type Satanists were also social Darwinists. Like the mm. they and like think about all those black metal dudes. Like they want to be like the beastly, like because the I'll destroy you to get what I want because yeah. that's the na- the way nature works. And it's not really the way nature works. It's half of the way nature works. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you could say that with Nazism. You know, like that. Well, yeah, they Nazism. Were, also. They were like they were like yo, like the the strong survive. And yes, Mother Nature is cruel, and and Darwin, the Darwist, Darwinistic, Darwinistic, Darwinian, Darwinian. <laughs> the Darwinian, like Darwinish, Darwin, Darwinish, uh, it's cruel and brutal, but mm. uh, I don't think it, I don't think so. Dog, yeah, like th- it, things are crushed. The weak is crushed. No, the maladapted are crushed. Well, would you say the maladapted are not weak, considering the circumstances of a no. Darwinistic? <laughs> no, Darwinistic not all the time. Approach? Because what they consider to be weak might, like, the best adaptation might be to fend for others. You never know. Yeah, no. See, that's that's the idea, and that's the idea of like you know, um, like a alpha male in a group of chimps, right? Right. Will the one that really lasts is the one that interacts well with everybody right and is not the 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 dominant brutal patriarchy right right Right. but that this like yeah i mean 
Yeah. I lost it for a minute, but yeah, that's it. No, I mean, it is. And yeah, and I think that does that does take into the side, take into the idea of that balance of like, there is, the, you know, you have to like, you know, be strong, but also have to be uh, nurturing at the same time. You know what I'm saying? And, and know when those roles are the best. And I think that's any interaction. If you're having a conversation like us right now, we need to know when to like chill and be passive and be like, actually, no, like make your point or be right. like, actually, no, like, I don't know if I, you know what I'm saying? And right. that's, and that's how you reach. But I think like the thing about social Darwinism is it forgets that it's not, the the mechanics of darwinian evolution mm -hmm. are not put into place to to save specific creatures they're there to save the like line of creature right yeah of course it's there of to course, like save yeah. genes it's not there to save the one chimp it's saved there to save the chimps jizz <laughs> basically yeah social darwinism is a right so you don't dumpster. want that tree to have the best tree life necessarily you want it to have the best tree life to give you nuts what are you saying I said social Darwinism is a cum dumpster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that I'll that, drink to that. Yeah, I think that that's a good like record title. Yeah, no, that uh, all that shit is stupid. I mean, social Marxism is stupid too. It's all ridiculous. People, yeah. I I just don't think we under like we just don't have an inkling of an understanding like, or we do have an inkling, but like it's the most minute inkling. Well, we just keep confusing it all. Everybody has an opinion. But everyone's opinion is not their own. No, most of them are not. They're regurgitations. But, I mean, you know. That's, like, okay, so, and I, I don't mean to be harsh towards anyone out there, but how often do you get bored with someone where you just, when you're trying to talk to them and then you just hear them, like, recite something that you're like, oh, you read that on a Facebook post and you're... You're just citing and like you're you're a meme basically. You're just you're just regurgitating a meme. Again, I think it's an ingredients thing because some memes. If you regurgitate the right meme, I'm that's fair. That's what I'm talking about. I might have just been regurgitating and not a not tight meme. <laughs> uh, see, I'm guilty of it too. That's what we're gonna say. But from dude, now. I'm dude, so bored. Was, he was regurgitating a non tight meme. Dude, I'm so bored with my own thoughts. I've been trying to like I don't get bored though. I try to like like figure out a way to not be the pretentious dick to try and clear that up for him. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah, I don't no, want to no. be like I well actually it's this thing and no, like yeah. I want to I want to understand people, man. I really do, man. I really think that that's like the crux of like you know, that's the the idea of societies that we fucking have to coexist and like and talk. And try to understand each other. Yeah. But talking is the big one. A lot of people I know don't talk. Well, don't I wish I talked talk. less because I talk out of my ass all the time. But that's usually when I'm drunk. But <laughs> that's different. I, I know. But I'm, you know what I have been lately is just kind of like I was saying, like annoyed by my own thoughts of like of. OK, I was like, OK, like I'll learn some new information. And if it doesn't agree with my already prescribed narrative that I've kind of like latched onto, I'll be so dismissive of it. And, oh, yeah. and, but, but the thing is, is like, I have to force myself to not do that 
But you also, at the same time, while you're doing that, have to have some sort of filter. I feel like these motherfuckers in the like that are like kind of like going towards this like white nationalist like alt right thing. You know, you were in Sweden. The nationalism is popping over there. Yeah, it is it's happening. ridiculous. It's coming up all over the world. I feel like it's because there's all these people that they're looking for something existentially, you know, on a greater level. But they're just they're just kind of like put in the way of these ideas, but they don't have enough critical analysis of their own thoughts that they're just scooped right up into it. Yeah. And and they're just like, well, yeah, that sounds about right. And it's like, okay, okay, all right. There's a new idea, right? There's a new idea out there. It's coming at you. You're like, okay, all right. I gotta, I gotta check out this idea. And then I'm like, okay, well, okay. Let's now that I've kind of investigated this idea and I'm processing it. How does this go morally? What are my sense of morals? What are my sense of principles? Like, what is all this? Blah blah blah. How do I react to it? And then you know, if it's something like fucking white nationalism, if you have half a fucking brain, you're like. Yeah, that's a horrible idea. Yeah. But a lot of people won't even take the time to, like, maybe even consider that. It's because they have, like, fast food information all the time. That's a good fucking way to put it. But, I mean, even before fast food information, there was... You know what I mean? Like, you take the thing... Like, music, shitty pop music is fast food music. Yeah, it's It's formulaic. It's It's done on purpose, and it sounds exactly how you want it to sound, when you want it to sound that way, and it gives you... It's capitalism, and it's... And it's most beautiful. Yes. And God bless the Beebs. Right now we have <laughs> and now we have that type of mentality. That's the problem. That's why and like but those ideas, nationalism, those, somebody else gives you the reason to that you are having an existential problem. But those ideas existed before capitalism was popping like it is today. Before like, you know, industrialization has reached the point of like Justin Bieber. You know? Those were memes, right? Yeah, but I mean, like, political thought or, like, a lot of, even, like, well, most of the time what happens is, like, philosophical thought is, like, misinterpreted through politics, and then it's, like, bounced back in. Society. And it's, like, bounced back into philosophy, and then it becomes, like, mirroring, and it becomes, like, this weird spiral, Uh, I think. It's like like, an echo chamber kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. And... Like, it's if you hit a reverb, bad note, bro. you know how when you hit a bad note and yeah. you get a lot of delay? We hear this a lot because we go to psych shows. Somebody hits a bad note and it's just like, bang, 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 for a long, it doesn't just go away for a second. It's just there for a minute. That is the best metaphor that I have heard. <laughs> it really is because that's, that's exactly how it goes, dude. If you have that echo chamber going and you hit a wrong note and it's not in accordance keeps ringing like it sounds even worse yeah it just compounds on itself well it sometimes it gets drowned too in the in the you know if you're if you're depending i guess on the amount of delay i was uh, i was uh i was reading this um have you read that um david byrne book how music works no i need to dude it's so good uh, I'll see if I have a copy of it. If I got it, I'll let you borrow it if you want. Yeah, you should. Uh, I'll check and see. I, I, used I get to, to read a lot. I ride the bus. You know. Yeah, and I'm not going on tour this fall. So what? You're not going to Desert Days? No, I'm not going with them this time. God damn it. Uh, well, anyways, uh, so this book he talks about just like how initially, like 
music was a byproduct of its environment. So, you know, when people were drumming in Africa, like drums worked because it put the sound way out there. So like, you know, people could communicate and it was, you know, it was an open plane and that was like, it was best suited to that environment. And then like when churches were built, you know, the way that the organs were constructed because of all the reverb there, the music dic- was dictated by the physicality of the structure and yeah. kind of into that. And then he went into how like CBGBs was shaped and like, you know, obviously and like, but he was like, yo, this room was so weird because it was in this weird like U shape or something. But he was like, the sound was amazing and blah, blah, blah. And kind of just like commented on those, uh, Damn, those I've aspects. I've never thought about that. Me neither. When I read that shit, I was like, shit is sick like the fact like i think about like the room shape but like because it that makes sense because you know that when you mentioned cbgb's i thought about it, like because we have like hotel vegas here who, that was like a music scene was based around a venue yeah totally and we played there more often than we played anywhere else mm-hmm. and that's where everybody comes up and it happened to be like a crucial venue in a certain scene yeah that became a na- nationwide scene we got our ability to travel around the world from playing there. Yeah. And we totally would try out songs all the time and be like, oh, we got to change this. We got to change this because it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. The shape of Hotel Vegas totally helped us. Like, or, m- like mold your our, sound. Our sound. Yeah. It's got, it had to have. Never oh, yeah, because you're it. in the band Holy Wave. I forgot to, uh, yeah, I forgot to mention. Band, I'm in the band Holy Wave. <laughs> 45 minutes later. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's almost like an hour and a half, bro. We haven't even listened to any songs. I think we're just going to talk, and then I'll just make the playlist at the end. Yeah, you can do that. There's some weird shit on there. No, there's some good stuff on there, man. I uh, I just I kind of enjoy this vibe better than, than breaking it up. Like, I feel like we've been on a pretty good roll of, uh, you know, interesting uh, conversation, yeah. man. I've wondered that a couple times. Like, dude, how bored are these fucking people going to be? I mean, they might be bored. They might not. We See, might sound. Thing, I don't know. I just feel like everything that they might be laughing at us, not with us, which is fine too. Because <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I just want people to enjoy it, you know. And I, dude, when I listen to you and Joey, I know it's because funny. I know you guys also. But I was like, just like I had smoked some weed and was just like, God, I can like, keep that mic to your face, bro. Sorry, I could. Fi- <laughs> your sound could, wave is like your sound wave is thin as fuck right now, oh, but shit. it's all good. I can boost it in post. In post. Damn, yes, I didn't realize it was that. Dog, we're over Damn. here. We're we're living in 2017, man. Um, we are. But yeah, you were saying the compliment me some more. What were you saying? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Joey's funny, man. Oh yeah, funny it was boy. funny as hell. Yeah, that shit was funny, and I could like, yeah, picture you like you got what you guys are doing. What did he say about his Impala? That I was can't remember, but I remember time. I was so uh, disappointed at the year. <laughs> yeah, that's what he was. I had this sick I ass th- I thought he was gonna say like sixty-seven. I was, and then he was like, "Oh, two thousand and five Some shit. That shit was so funny to me, man. I was devastated. <laughs> no, man, but I, I love you guys, man. I'm, I feel so lucky to have met you guys, and um, you know, get to have you as friends. I wish yeah, that man. I fucking hung out with you guys more than I lived here. I feel like. I've kind of got in a cyclical nature of walking from my house to Hotel Vegas and back, which has some really great aspects of it. Don't get me wrong. Right. But you also it's dangerously close to Hotel Vegas. 
dangerously being the key word. That's yeah. I feel I've lived here for almost two years. I feel like I've taken like ten years off my life. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, God bless Hotel Vegas, but God damn, dude. We'll we'll say this. I I was in Sweden for ninety days. I tried to come home. My flight was via Houston. Mm. And oh, during the hurricane? Yeah, like the day after. So I got stuck in. I got to the airport. Like through that whole night before I left, I was getting text messages about flights being canceled. I dude, you've been having some trouble taking some flights dude, to and I from Sweden, dude. Fucking, I don't know what it is. It's like a, becoming a thing now. I feel like it. It means I that gotta, you guys got to make this shit work and be in one place together. Yeah, it's true. I mean, what was it? Bomb threat, hurricane. Oh, we talked about the bomb threat. I actually edited some of the bomb threat talk off of the me and Joey's podcast. It was the first time I edited everyth- anything. Why? Well, we just got into this talk about fucking terrorism. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this is going to bum people out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I was like, maybe it's not the best thing to put out there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'd, I didn't even think about like terrorism. All I could think about was, I hope the bomb is underneath me. So I'm the first to go. Yeah. Well, not the first, but I don't want to. I just don't want to fall. I don't want to fall from the sky. <sighs> Man, that would be a wild experience, dude. When we were we took a nosedive into JFK, and I was like, <gasps> it was terrifying. Like well, balls I was, went into your throat. Well, I sat there and I. Everybody was very quiet. The whole like. The vibe was very like what? Was like, it, it wasn't like that. Ah, it was just like I. F- I mean, I'm hoping, but I'm hoping that the calm came from everybody kind of going like, "Okay, how are we gonna t- handle this?" And not be like, ah! but just be like, "Okay, I'm gonna rationalize this. I'm gonna try to digest it because it was so heavy." And he started going down, and, and they just take up our plate, our our meal trays, and I'm like going like what the they're fuck like, no more last meal well and <laughs> like this I mean, shit is whack airplane food yeah. <laughs> for the last meal we don't want them to go out like this oh this is good though so i like i fucking we nosedive into okay. jfk and you go like when are they gonna do it if there's a bomb when are they gonna do it like you think they would probably do it over new york city right yeah, want everybody to the see most destruction and yeah. yeah so i'm like okay Ugh, so i can see new york so city horrible. approaching i'm like okay well maybe it'll be here then it doesn't happen i'm like well it could be at the airport because they could take a big chunk of jfk out so we're landing and i shit you not ambulance fire truck police swat team fbi meet us on the runway Whoa, and dude. follow my my plane with all the uh the like lights on and Holy shit. shit and they're following as we're landing and i was just like what the fuck and they had told us that it was a bomb threat they told us while we were in the air i mean were they gonna do lie to you yeah <laughs> it's just like it's like, like they just come and take the meal at me and it's a bunch of <laughs> like hey y'all like we all might die here right. within the month i feel like I that remember i thought i was happy i was lucky i was gonna die in my leather jacket though you're like shit at least i'm going out in leather yeah like uh, <laughs> I uh, I wonder Johnny, if Johnny Dee Dee here I come. <laughs> going home, Joey. <laughs> uh, I uh, I wonder if that. All right, so you know when something like wild bad happens and you're just basically just like, oh shit, oh shit, uh, like you know that the oh shit moment where yeah. you're just like, 
you are trying to interpret what's happening and also at the same time think about how you're going to react to it because you you're just like there's you're helpless kind of in the moment you're like okay this is happening now i'm processing it what am i going to do but as of right now oh shit I feel like all y'all had that moment at the same time. That's what I'm saying. We everybody went like, okay, what do we do? Oh yeah, and I mean silence. Yeah, dude, Mm. silence. Then until we there's kind of a calm in that moment. It was incredibly calm. calm I've had that calm once before too. Mm. I'll I'll get there. So we we landed. What kind of chemical in your brain that is that pumps out in times of traumatic? Maybe it's serotonin. Is it, yeah, maybe you get the serotonin to where you're just like, okay, I have to deal with this issue. If I don't have this chemical, then I will freak the They're fuck just like, out. Make him high so he can handle it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm looking at the the screen on the huh. TV or the seat in front of me, and you can see, you could on some of the British Airways flights and some of the other planes, I guess you can select a camera that's either like on the tail, backwards, forwards, or like on, you know what I mean. And you can kind of watch the blackness that you're flying through i guess yeah yeah but i turned it on backwards there's like everybody a jihadi motherfucker out there like yeah well no it was all these fucking like emergency vehicles all surrounding us and so i took a picture That's of it on crazy, instagram dude. and was like what the fuck and then all these people all the people that were around me were looking at my screen because they didn't realize they could do it because they were just like oh my god and we were just standing there parked for 45 minutes while they tried to figure out the safest way to get us off the plane so we're just like, get us off the fucking plane before it explodes. And this little kid figure- finally starts crying. Mm. Hold on. This is oh, good. okay, okay. And I'm going there for Christmas, right? This little kid starts crying. Finally starts crying after about 20 minutes of being on this plane in silence. And um, I told somebody next to me, I was like, I guess now we're going to have to talk about this all Christmas. And they were just like, yeah. I was like, as soon as we get wherever we're going. This is all we're gonna have to talk about. Like, yeah, that's true. This little kid starts crying, and I shit you not, the lady next to uh, the the mother goes, "Jingle bells, jingle bells, jing." Then the mother goes, "Jingle all the way," and then the father goes, "Oh, what fun!" And I was like, "If these motherfuckers no. start singing a Christmas song, <laughs> the bomb won't even need to go off. Dude. I'm going to kill." <laughs> Everybody in this fucking plane. <laughs> and I swear I looked up with like the fire in my eyes. Like you and nobody else started. And I was like, thank God. Oh God. But that was probably the scariest part of the whole thing. Ah, <laughs> <fuck> up, <laughs> I was just like, holy shit. I'm dying. This is a 90s movie. This is like a 90s family movie. Dude, I feel like that bit would kill in a stand-up comedy <laughs> yeah. show. Like, that's such a good story. That's yeah, so stupid. No, but that was really well done. <laughs> oh, thank you. But that was hilarious. Yeah. So then I take that another is picture. fucking hilarious. <laughs> they take us off the plane. I take another picture of all these bags lined up because they're searching everybody's carry-ons and i just say something like where's the bar or some shit and like nbc cbs fox news everybody starts commenting on my instagram hey can we take this picture or can we use this picture blah, blah, blah. and i was like and i said something about like where's the bar or whatever mm-hmm. and i was like yeah if you buy me a drink 
And she goes, she's like, this is Kathy. She's like, um, well, can we use it in perpetuity? And I was like, yeah, if you buy me a drink. And then somebody else goes, hey, Darkwing Dust, this is uh, so-and-so from CBS Nightly News. We would like to use this photo in perpetuity. And I'm like, well, how are you, if you buy me more drinks or something, I tried to start a bidding war on my Instagram account between <laughs> I'm sitting out in the cold and this fucking New Yorker guy is like, he's like, you think this is fucking cold? This is like summertime here. And I'm just like sitting here like, like freezing. But With I'm your also leather like, jacket that ain't doing you good. There. It and it's Texas jacket, you know? And then I'm like tech and I'm like trying to start a bidding war between the national news companies on my That's Instagram okay. account. Um, they ended up using one of God them. like NBC. capitalism. One of them ended up using, like NBC, ended up using it on their like website. Whoa! And for the article about it, and it credited Darkwing Dust. That's hilarious! <laughs> did your did your, uh, did your um, followers go up? Uh, no. Damn. It's all for nothing. It was all for nothing. That's all. <laughs> I was like, damn, that's it. Insta famous now. No, I got inside and I'm like, hey, is there anything open? open yet and the security guard's like it looks it's fucking jfk yeah he's like no why i think be open right now what do you need in here and i'm like because it was like late yeah i'm like i was on that plane that just fucking came oh all right um he I like you lights take one train. up right yeah, there he's, he's like, just like okay here yeah. you go dog <laughs> <Yeah>. hit that <laughs> and i'm sitting there and yeah i was like then i it takes me four hours to get a hotel room they okay. start shuttling everybody and this guy's like i just want to go home this guy next to me this greek guy and i'm like yeah or not home but to the hotel or whatever okay and i'm like yeah but like that, to greece i don't know like, but happen. that shuttle i was like that shuttle's going in a minute and he's like yeah but let's take a cab and i was like dude i don't really want to pay for a cab and he's like yeah from jfk yeah. into the fucking it wasn't city into or? the city it was just to the airport oh, just reach, by like, the airport yeah, yeah and he's like yeah and then he waits for like three minutes and goes Fuck it, I'll pay for it. Let's go because we're going to the same hotel. I'm like, damn, that's tight. And that's, we sit down and he pays for, and he talks to the guy and then we start going and I'm like, man, that's crazy. And he's like, yeah, that's only happened to me once before. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, dude. And it happened to him again. He's like, but it's better when it happens in Europe because they fly more often. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. That's hilarious. I hope that all the fucking people that are still listening can appreciate that they got through all the bullshit philosophical babble to get to this amazingly funny story. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of that. I was like, maybe he should put this closer in the beginning so that would no, be No, I'm not editing attention. it. They got to get to, They got to fucking wait for it. If you want the good shit in life, you got to fucking sacrifice. Yeah. You got to wait until that peak existential high comes down a little bit and then we slide right into the talking about nonsense man i i feel like i feel like we should end it there i feel like that's good i feel like that's a good sure. ending all right dustin thank you man we're gonna put thank the playlist you. at the end uh we're right. doing i'm i like to play with the format sometimes i'll do like a couple songs and then a playlist at the end because of you know time constraints or whatever but this is kind of fun man just have like a conversation and then and put then some music at the end yeah yeah infinite outro dustin thank you so much 
How do you Thank say your you last out. name again? Zoziah. Zoziah. Jebediah Springfield. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I haven't drank in like two days, and that half a bottle of wine and a joint got me fucking on fade. Yeah. I've had to piss for a while, but I figured we were started on a roll. I can tell by the way you're tapping your feet like that, dude. Sorry. I have, I have this thing, too, where I just move my feet all the time. What's it called when you got like, a, it's called like ghost foot or some shit? Restless leg. Restless stuff? leg syndrome. Ghost foot. <laughs> ghost foot is so <laughs> much tighter. Ghost foot. <laughs> You got that old ghost foot, boy. (laughs) I see you over there shaking. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, This was a fun podcast, man. I appreciate you coming through. Yeah, thank you. It's good to see you. I'm glad you're back safe and uh, your airplane flights uh, ended in you being still alive. Yeah, on the ground to have another one. All right. Peace, y'all. All All right. Later. Thank you. All right, y'all. So that was my convo with my man Dustin Zosiah from Holy Wave and Routine Death. That was fun. Uh, he's actually went to school for philosophy, so it was fun to bounce some of my dumb harebrained ideas off of him and um, and have that conversation and just explore. Um, yeah, just ideas, man. That's just fun. It's just fun talking to people who have something to say, you know? You know, it's so often we're out and, you know, it's just so much vapidity. Is that a word? So much just vapid, mindless, dumb shit in our society. And uh, not to not to diss anybody, you know, I know know we're all out here just uh, trying to get along. But it's like, you know, we all just really need to think more, I think. I mean, it's like where... Where do we go from here with the state of our world if we're not like critically thinking about things, you know, and and analyzing the experience and thinking about the experience of life, you know? It's fucking psychedelic as fuck that we're all alive and we're all existing here together and coexisting to uh some degree. Uh it's it's a goddamn Christmas miracle. And on that note, I hope y'all have a happy holidays, and we'll see you next year in 2018. Everybody be safe out there. I love y'all. Peace.